you wouldn't mind just standing for the reading of the word if you're able. This book of Psalm, such a beautiful book because it is the overflow of primarily David. There's others who wrote chapters in the Psalms, but uh, this one, Psalm 91, being one that David wrote, it's of the overflow of the circumstances of his life and him crying out to God and confirming his belief and knowing that God is there for him in the midst of trouble, in the midst of feeling like the enemy is on every side has him surrounded but yet he had a God who was always there never left him and I'm thankful that we today are in the same boat that it doesn't matter what circumstances you may be facing this morning it doesn't matter what you may be going through that God has never left you he's never going to leave you and in fact he's inviting you into his presence here today it doesn't matter what you've done whether the enemy is within or without Sometimes we're our, we are our own worst enemy, and we drive ourselves out of the presence of God, uh, believing that He doesn't want us to come in, yet He is inviting us in even when we are our own worst enemy. And we, uh, He's the one that sat at the, the supper with Judas himself, and He wants you there. He wants you there. I don't believe we have any Judases here with us today, but it doesn't matter how far gone you may feel God is inviting you into a secret place here this morning it says beginning in verse 1 he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty hmm. I will say of the Lord he is my refuge he is my fortress my God I can always trust him surely He can deliver me from the snare of the fowler. When I have that snare that's laid out for me, God will deliver me. From that noise and pestilence, all that sickness, disease that would come my way, God is my deliverer. Thou shalt, or he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings. He's building this this, uh, illustration of God as the the, the one who's covering us as a mother hen would cover its chicks or that bird would cover its young. And God is there and it's Him that we can trust. He is our truth. He is our shield and our buckler. He is the one who is always there. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, not, neither for the arrow that flieth by day, and the pestilence that walketh in darkness or the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand. Now, where were you at when the thousand are falling by your side? Where were you at when the ten thousand are falling? You're in the secret place of the Most High. They're falling, they're going, they're 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 no longer present. They, they no longer have the authority as long as you hide yourself in the secret place of the Most High. They cannot come nigh thee. They cannot come close. They cannot destroy you. They cannot have any effect on you when you are in the secret place of the Most High. Neither 
or it says only only thine eye with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the lord which is my refuge my most high thy habitation he is the place that i go and find refuge he is the place that i find that secret place for he shall give his angels charge over thee Sorry, I skipped that verse, verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. His heavenly hosts are there for you this morning. When you're in the secret place, the heavenly hosts, they, can, they are charged to keep protection over you. They're charged to be there with you. When you come into the secret place with God, He says He gives His angels the charge to keep you in all of your ways. They, those angels, the heavenly hosts, they will bear you you up in their hands. They'll lift you up and if thus thou dash thy foot against a stone, they're there to keep you. Thou shalt tread upon the lion, the adder, the young lion, the dragon shalt thou trample under feet because... He has set His love upon me. It's His love that draws us in. It's His love that invites us into that secret place. It's His love that's inviting you in this morning into that secret place with God Almighty. It's His love that sets the angels over over thee. It's His love that keeps thee. Therefore will I deliver Him. I will set Him on high because He has known my name. It's in the secret place. That you get to know him by name and he knows you by name. It's in the secret place that there's some, there's some very personal things that begin to happen. Relationship is built in the secret place. Know them by name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. Last verse here and then you can be seated. With long life will I satisfy him. And show him my salvation. Amen. I said you can be seated, but let's first just lift up our hands one more time. And let's just say a prayer over what God wants to do here in this service. Lord, you are so good. You are mighty. Lord, you are benevolent in all your ways. Lord, I pray that you are inviting us into the secret place here today. Lord, that we would not reject you. That we would not put build up any walls around this uh, around ourselves god but that we would be in, uh, that we would come in lord to the place in which you were inviting us lord i pray that you would just let your word lord come and that it would uh, lord have an effect on us god that it would take effect in our hearts and our minds lord that we could be moved that we could be um, lord just that we could be changed because of you lord i thank you for all that you do and all that you're going to do in jesus name amen amen God bless you. You can be seated here today. For just a little while here this morning, I do want to speak on the secret place. The secret place. This is not necessarily going to be a rah-rah message, but I would hope that it would be something that would move you. Something that would inspire you to come into the place where God is at. Come to the place where he dwells. Come into the place where he is inviting you in this morning. Not just this morning, but 
that when you leave this place today, that you would find a secret place. That you would come into the place and spend time with your Father. That you would come and that you would spend time with the one who is, who he calls, well, he calls you his beloved. The one who, who is calling us and bidding us to come unto him. Would you come? Would you come to the secret place? For David, he was writing that psalm, speaking of the secret place as a place of refuge, as a place of strength, a place that was impenetrable, something that when the enemies were coming at his side, he could go into the secret place and they had no jurisdiction there. In the secret place, it didn't matter what was going on on the outsides. When he got to the secret place, he knew that there was a God who could protect him. When he got to the secret place, he knew that there was a place, that there was a God who was always there for him and knew every need even before he did. A God who was preemptive in his strikes. A God who had every weapon at his disposal. A God who had every shield that could lift him up and, and protect him in the time of trouble. It was a God who said, I am the one who created all things. And I'm the one who has the angels that can keep charge over you. It's David who he himself lived it. He lived it knowing that there was a place of refuge that he deemed the secret place. The secret place of the most high. It's a place that. God would invite him into a place that not only was David invited into, but we see others throughout Scripture that would find the secret place of the Almighty. We go to the book of Daniel here today. We, and it's, it's always dangerous to go to the book of Daniel on, in the month of January, if you've ever done the Daniel fast. We go to the book of Daniel here. Daniel chapter 6 talks about Daniel and where he found his secret place. It says that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account to them. And the king should have no damage and This Daniel, he was preferred above all the presidents and the princes because there was an excellent spirit that was within him. The king, he he thought to set him over the whole realm. And the presidents and the princes, they sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom of Babylon. But they couldn't find anything. His record was clean. His everything that he did, there was nothing that they could find, no fault that they could find against Daniel. He was faithful. There was no error, no fault found in him. So these men, they said, well, if we cannot find an occasion against Daniel, the only thing that we can see is that he has a secret place. The only thing that we can come up with, the only thing that we can find fault in him with is that he is faithful to his God. Concerning the law of his God, that's something that he is never going to stray away from. So these presidents, the princes, they assembled together to the king and they said to him, King Darius, live forever. 
It's the pres- all the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, counselors, the captains. We've consulted together and we want to lift you up by b- making this firm statute to make this decree. That whosoever should ask any a petition from any other god for 30 days, save the O king, should be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree, sign the writing that it not be, that it be not changed. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. So Darius, he signed the decree uh, and, and signed that writing in the decree. So when Daniel knew this, what was his response? When he knew that this decree had been signed, it says that he went into his house. His windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and he prayed. He gave thanks before his God, just as he did aforetime. That Daniel found the place, his secret place in his bedchamber. The place that he knew that he could find God. The place that he knew that even being far removed from his homeland, Daniel having been born in Jerusalem or having been born in in, uh, Judah at least, uh, had, had been been kept or been been captured from there and taken to Babylon and now we're being raised in a foreign land with foreign gods and and all of these these people that that they uh, that as he looks around they don't look like him these pro- these are not the promises that he was supposed to inherit being of the people of God yet in that place he said I can make a secret place where I can encounter the same God. That I knew back way back in Judah when I was growing up. And my parents, they taught me to come to the secret place. He went into his bedchamber. It says he went and he kneeled down. He prayed. This was just as a for, as a time. He would go and he would make prayers and supplications before his God. They, here they are. And they, Daniel praying this prayer to, to, to God in his bedchamber in this place. That he that we might deem a secret place. See, secret places are things that even Jesus Himself instructed us to develop a secret place for ourselves. As Jesus was talking to the crowds one day, he he uh, no uh, no doubt was was referencing the fact that there were some uh, some Pharisees and some of the religious zealots of that day who were out in the streets as they often did. And they're, they're praying aloud. And, and Jesus, uh, seeing these, these men there and the reactions of the people to these very religious, religious men of God, he tells them, when thou prayest, don't be as the hypocrites are. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. He says, find a secret place. It's not about... Seeing others seeing you. It's not about others' perception of you. It's about what can I find when I'm in the presence of God? What can I experience when I get into the secret place? 
Now, I don't want this message, I don't want you to get a wrong interpretation of what I'm saying here this morning. That, uh, that some gathering together as, as the group, gathering together as the body of Christ and praying with one another, that that may be wrong. It's not. We see much, uh, we see much, uh, evidence of the fact that in the New Testament church, they would gather together, they would pray openly with, with each other, even in the streets or in the, in houses and, and in synagogues, they would come together and they would pray. But here today, I want to, uh, I want to just commend to you to not let this be the only place that you would pray. To let this not be the only place that you would encounter God. Don't let this be the only time that you call out to Him and that you would even just open up your ears to listen to what He has to say. The secret place has always been the place of transformation. The secret place has always been the key to people unlocking their own, their own faith journey, their own, uh, their, their own uh, relationship with God Almighty. That the secret place throughout scripture, and we could point to so many more than just this, but if you go back to Moses, Moses found a secret place all the way up on Mount Sinai. It was there where he was able to experience God Almighty, he went and he spent 40 days with God himself up on the mountain. He, he went back up to the mountain and, and he spent some more time with him. We see uh, Moses climbing and ascending the mountain and spending time with his uh, with his God and, and, and communing with him and spending time in the very presence of God Almighty. He had a secret place. As Moses led and he was no longer in the mountain, we see him traveling and all the people of Israel traveling through the wilderness. And, and Moses would go and he would spend time in the Shekinah glory of God in the temple or in the tabernacle that was set up there in the wilderness. Him and Joshua would also, it's at least on one occasion, we see that uh, Joshua accompanying him within the tabernacle, worshiping God, spending time with God in a secret place. We see David, who was a young boy, he would go and uh, we, we can, can deduce from, from the Psalms that David writes and his other writings that, that he would spend time and he would find a secret place out in the fields as he would spend time with the sheep. That it was there that he was able to develop a relationship with God Almighty. It was in the fields that he could spend time writing these psalms, these, these praises and these prayers that he would pray to God about, uh, about, about who he was and about, about God being there for him at all times. And we see how that secret place developed David into a man after God's own heart. We see David also as, as he steps into the palace that uh, it, it talks of how David would go into the tabernacle himself and that he would worship God. He would spend time in the presence of God. That he would uh, walk in there in the tabernacle of the congregation and he would, he would find a place that was apart from everybody else. It wasn't in his, his palace. It wasn't, it wasn't the place that everybody else could see what was going on. But it was a secret place. A place where he could have some peace and quiet. A place where he knew that I could experience God when I am here. Daniel, as we already read, had a bedchamber where he could find the presence of God in the middle of Babylon, this foreign country. He had a secret place. Jesus himself 
had many secret places that he would go to. At the beginning of his ministry, before he ever even chooses any disciples, Jesus went out into the wilderness. He spent time away from everybody, disconnected from life, disconnected from the cares of this world, so that he could find a secret place to pray. A secret place. It was at the end of those 40 days of fasting and, and communing, um, communing with the Spirit of God that, that he was able to, or that, that he faced some temptations, but he was able to withstand those temptations because of the secret place that he found away from everybody else. Oftentimes we see Jesus visiting the Garden of Gethsemane. A secret place. An olive grove that was up on this mountain of Gethsemane. This mountain just out or this hill, hillside just outside of Jerusalem. And he would go there and he would spend time in prayer. He would spend time, Jesus being, being fully man and fully God, but yet through this always having to keep his humanity in check, always having to keep the humanity of who he was in line with the spirit. And so he would find a secret place to go and pray. Jesus would go and we see it on the one occasion where he invites uh, three of his, his, his closest disciples, Peter, James, John, to go up with him up into the mountain. And they would find a secret place to pray. Jesus had secret places where he would go and pray. It was, it was Jesus who had sent after the feeding of the 5,000 that he, he sent his disciples to go across the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. And what Jesus said, I need to stay here and pray. I need the secret place. That was when the storm began to come. Jesus walked on the water and came out to them and rescued them from the storm. But Jesus had just come out of his secret place of prayer. It was with the disciples. They themselves also were able to experience the secret place of the Garden of Gethsemane. But after Jesus left, they also found themselves, maybe not personally one just with, just with, uh, by themselves, but there were 120 gathered together in the secret place of an upper room. That they together came and they, they were able to experience the presence of God in the upper room as they had a secret place in the middle of all the festivities that were going on at the feast of Pentecost. Peter, it tells us that as Peter begins to pray, he had gone up onto the rooftop to spend some time with God in his secret place. And it was there that God revealed to him that sheet that came floating down from heaven. And it had all the animals in it. And that unlocked the, to the Gentile world this gospel message that Jesus came for everybody. I'm thankful for the secret place of Peter. That he could hear the word of God and experience the word of God. Because he found a secret place that God could unlock a revival in the Gentile world. I'm thankful for the secret places, as, as I said, we could go on and on of the secret places that people would find in Scripture where they would shut themselves in with God. Where they could shut out all the entertainment. Where they could shut out all of the people that were around them. All their responsibilities. All of that so that they could get into the presence of God Almighty. See, God desires communication. God 
He longs for communication. You are his beloved. You are the one who he came and he died for. You are the one who he said are his bride. You are the bride of Christ. And that bride, he is waiting for you for that wedding feast. But now, in this meantime, while we are here, he says, I just want to spend some time with my bride every once in a while. I just want some alone time with you. I'm tired of you being so distracted with everybody else. I need some alone time with the one who I'm about to spend the rest of eternity with. But let's right now spend some time together in a secret place. In fact, we can see the value that God puts on communication just with the words that are right here. The fact that he would give us a word so extensive here in this morning's adult Bible class, I was talking about the Word of God and getting a grasp on your Bible. And we can see through that, through this Word, the depth of His Word that God values communication. If you've ever wondered how much He values it, just look at the comprehensive volume of 66 books with over 31,000 chapters comprised of over 800,000 words. He gives us this Bible, the Word of God, the Word of life, to serve as this minute-by-minute road map for our lives for eternity. God values communication. I think it's safe to deduce that God is trying to get you and I to understand that communication is the key to relationship. That communication is the necessary ingredient for you to understand how much he loves you and so that he can also understand that you love him back. As the spouse of our Savior, we too often forget about the importance and the power of the centrality of prayer in the secret place. I think prayer, I believe wholeheartedly that prayer is the link that binds us. It is the nexus that is between what is and what should be. That prayer changes things. Prayer changes everything. It doesn't just change things. Prayer changes everything. That prayer, it's a holy rebellion against the status quo. That prayer is the exact moment when human impotence and divine omnipotence intersect. That prayer is the moment where we give God earthly license to come with His heavenly interference into our situation. That it is through prayer that God is able to act. It's through prayer that That God is able to speak. And when God speaks, things are created. When God speaks, everything can change. When God moves, everything in life has to listen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How? He spoke and it came into existence. He said, let there be light and there was light. That God moved upon the face of the deep. And then all of a sudden we see everything begin to be formed. We see all that was just without form and void come. And it had form. And see, God began to speak. God began to communicate out to His his creation. And it obeyed. It began to form that God, He desires to do the same thing with you. God wants to speak to you. 
God wants to begin to form some things in your life. God wants to begin to construct some areas in your life where you feel in, where you feel undervalued or you feel like you can't make it. And God says, if you let me speak, if you'll come to the secret place where I can speak to you, I can build you up. I can give you life. I can put some, uh, put some structure to those areas of your life where you feel so weak. But I need to invite you, or I'm inviting you into the secret place, but I need you to respond and to come in. See, we can give earthly license to God to speak. We are the gateway. You, you are the gateway to allowing God to come in. We have choice today. God could choose just to do whatever he wants, but rather he chose to operate in such a way that prayer unlocks him to do the miraculous. He chose to operate in the way that his people would bid him to come. He says, he's standing at the door. He's knocking. But will you open the door? He's knocking. He's standing there and he's saying, hey, I'm here. I'm here, but you have to choose to open the door. That God is standing there in the secret place, or He's He's waiting in the secret place, and He's saying, I, I, I want to impart some life into you. I want to come and just spend time with you. If you've been feeling so depressed, you've been feeling so down, or or if you've been you you've even just Maybe you want to just share with me all the great things that are happening. I, I, you need, you need me. I want to spend some time with you. I want to spend some time with you. God is waiting in the secret place for you to come in. <laughs> he says in Genesis 126, let us create man. Let us make man in our image. Let them have dominion over all the earth. Those two words, let them. Let them have dominion. He's allowing you. He's giving you the choice. He is allowing you to have this, this, this opportunity to, to do or not do. Let them. Let them choose. They have the authority. They have the authority to spend time with me or not. They have the authority to unlock heaven's throne They have the authority to unlock portals in heaven for God to pour out blessings. They have the authority to come and to bind and to loose. They have the authority to speak and it can happen. They have the authority also to listen and to hear so that I can give guidance. But let them, let them. See, God did not create you in his image just so that you would sit there in your dilemma, your disease, your depression. Your addiction, whatever it is that you're facing, and you say, well, I guess this is just the way it's supposed to be. I guess I'll just sit here and take it. No. There should be something inside of you that rises up and understands, proclaims, and communicates that you were created to have dominion over this. You were created to have dominion over it. That your prayers can unlock the, the, the heavens that your prayers. Now, it may not be in your timing. And the answer sometimes is no. But God gives you dominion over a sickness. God gives you dominion over the enemy. God gives you dominion over it. He says, let them have dominion. 
But as he's instructing us to pray, he says, don't pray amiss. As we begin to pray, as Jesus begins to instruct his disciples on how to pray, he says, don't, don't ask amiss. Rather, ask the things that are of my heart. Things after my own heart. I want you to ask them. I'm trying to impart some things to you so that you could see me do wonders. And if you're not spending time in this secret place, you don't know what the heartbeat of God is. When you don't spend any time with Him and you're, you're just sitting there and listening, and sometimes the secret place is awfully quiet. Sometimes in the bedchamber of your room, it's, it's so quiet that you fall asleep. And that's all right. But when you do it over and over and over, and you come into that secret place over and over and over, you begin to feel that God is here, and God's wanting to speak. And I can find refuge. I can find refuge in the place where God is at. I believe that, just to get practical this morning, I do believe that having a particular location, a particular place, is a very key component to having a consistent prayer life. That having somewhere, whether it's in your car, it can be mobile, it doesn't have to be stationary, but if it's in your car on your way to work, having that time slotted out, that this is my secret place, that I can pour my heart out to God, I'm going to listen, you don't have to pray your eyes, close your eyes when you pray, just... Just so you know, uh, you can you drive and pray and hear from God. I trust that God can keep guard over you and watch over you, but please still be safe. Use common sense. But having that secret place, having that, that area, maybe it's a literal closet in your room or a literal closet in your house. Maybe it's in your bedchamber like Daniel had. Perhaps it is, it is some other uh, location that, that you have that is, it's, it's your secret place. It's your place that you can come and that you can shut out the distractions. Maybe for some young mother here today, it's, it's the bathroom where that's the only place of solace that you have to hide away from your kids. And uh, for a little bit, you can lock yourself away and just, just shut them out. Say, don't bother me. And your, throughout your life, your secret place, it may change. But having that place that you know that you can meet God. Having that time in your day that you know it's carved out for God. I believe that's key. It's needed. That it is, it is, uh, very, uh, it is very helpful within your, uh, within your consistent walk with God to have the time and place to spend with Him. That you know, coming into your week, coming into your day, that this is when I'm going to spend some time with God. But don't let that restrict you from having that be your only secret place. Because there are times when God begins to move and God begins to speak to you and God begins to try to download something into you and you're not, you don't have access to that secret place. You don't have, that's not within the time slot that you have marked on your calendar. And so the spontaneity of the secret place is also true that you can find a secret place wherever God is at. And if it's just you and Him, that's enough for you to find a secret place where you can spend some time with Him. The secret place is an important place. The secret place is where the tide begins to turn. Where God 
begins to do the impossible. It's in the secret place that God begins to download his will into your life. That God begins to download some things into you to say, would you pray this? Would you speak this out? Would you declare this? Would you speak and have dominion over this thing here so that I can go and that I can do the work that need, that is necessary to be done? Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, that first word in this verse, it may be two letters, but it's the biggest word of the entire, entire scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. If they would seek my face, they would turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. It's contingent upon the if. Whether or not God will open up the heavens. Whether or not God will forgive the sin. Whether or not God would heal the land. It's contingent upon the if. If my people would come into the secret place. If they would seek my face. You seek his face in the secret place. You seek his face. That's where Moses himself was able to come up into Mount Sinai. And he wanted to see God face to face. He wanted to seek his face. You seek the face of God in the secret place. See, it's in the secret place where you turn off the distractions. You unplug from Facebook and Instagram. You unplug from your phone even the distractions, the emails maybe that that bother you or keep grab your attention as soon as you hear that ding go off you you unplug from the tv you unplug from uh from whatever you can if 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 it's just 10 minutes if it's just five minutes if this isn't already a habit in your daily life just just give god five minutes just spend five minutes in the secret place and see the transformation that can happen See how God begins to download some things into you. See how God begins to change everything when you get into the secret place. Because secret prayer eradicates your fleshly compulsion to do things that are, in, that are in opposition to what God would do. The secret place is what helps you to recognize that there are things that, that there are places that God wants to unlock. It's the secret place that God gives you direction. It's in the secret place that God begins to heal. I'm not saying that one time in the secret place, that first time you come in and enter in, that you're going to have every disease and everything healed and you come out. But when you spend time in the secret place, it's like radiation therapy. It's just like, it's just like radiation therapy and you come in and there's, there's not, and they, they don't, they don't do a, a whole big dose of it all at once or else you die. But just little by little, time after time, day by day, week after week, month after month, you spend time in there and changes are happening. That's, that cancer that, that's there. It's being, it's being broken up. It's being, it's being uh, killed off. It's, it's, it's going. And, and as you come into the secret place, you have areas of your life that those, those secret areas of your life 
that God begins to come in and he's, 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 he's beginning to just... It's like just like radiation therapy coming in and just pinpointing those areas and saying, here, we need, to, we need some work here today. We need a little bit of work on, on this little area of your life. We need some things over here that I'm trying to do. And, and little by little, you begin to see that, 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 that the changes are happening and that you're coming and you're going to be completely different after you have spent time with him over and over and over in the secret place. See, some Christian disciplines you can you can do them and and others see them others see the the secret or others see the disciplines that you may do they, they see you uh, attending church today they see you know and, and not all uh, just because they see you doesn't mean that it's it's bad but but this is a secret this is a, a certain discipline that nobody else is necessarily going to know they don't know and i don't do any of it it doesn't matter um I don't, I don't show up to church because of the person next to me. But, but this one in particular, I, 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 nobody else is going to know whether or not I'm in the secret place. But I will tell you that there are going to be some signs. It's just like your personal hygiene of your Christian life. I don't know whether or not you brushed your teeth this morning. I sure hope you did. But if you didn't brush your teeth all week... I can be pretty certain that I know whether or not you didn't brush your teeth. And the same thing is true in your prayer life and finding the secret place. I don't know if you missed it one day. I don't know if you missed it this week. But over a course of time, you can begin to see. And again, I don't do this for somebody else, but, but you can see over the course of time how this has an effect on you, an accumulative effect that, that begins to take place as you spend time in the secret place over and over and over and over. That those old habits that you had, maybe, maybe you didn't grow up in church and, and, and every other word out of your mouth was a, was a curse word, but you begin to spend time in the secret place and you begin to see your language change. You begin to see your habits change. You begin to see how, how you used to deal with all of this depression. You, you used to deal with all of this, this hurt and anxiety. And, and all of a sudden, as you spend time in the secret place with God, you, you see the changes that begin to happen. You see joy that comes. You see that He is downloading some hope into you. You see that no longer are you who you used to be. Why? Because I spent time with Him in the secret place. I spent time with him. I got into my bedchamber. I got into the place where it was just me and him. And I'm not worried about everybody else. I just want to be with him. (sighs) I got to bring this to a close. That secret place. And I'm not preaching for a response here this morning. I'm preaching for a response this week, this month, this year. A lot of times we can be really great at the public stuff. We can be really great at lifting our hands and worship, or singing a song when we come together. But we lack the disciplines when nobody sees. We lack the disciplines of the secret place. We lack the disciplines where nobody's necessarily going to know about it. But you're only harming yourself. You're, I shouldn't say that. You're not only harming yourself. You're harming the church. Not just our assembly. But you're harming the church because all of us together, we have a ginormous task to go and to reach this world. 
We have a task to go and to, to evangelize this world, this lost world. And the only way that that can happen, the only way that it can happen is when you get the heartbeat of God. See, Jesus, he's telling his disciples and he's telling his followers there, he says, go into the secret place. Don't come out into the... Don't come out and just pray in the streets. Don't do it for everybody else to see. But go find a prayer closet. Go and pray. Pray in private more than you do in public. The Bible is replete with examples, as I've already discussed, of the private locations that we would that individuals would go to to pray. They would go and they would pray there day after day, telling you when you do so, you can come out. Of that secret place. You may have gone in like a like a, a lamb, but you're coming in coming out like a lion. You may have gone into that secret place with your head hung low, but you could come out with it raised up. It's the secret place that you're transformed. It's in the secret place that you're changed. It's in the secret place. That it was because Peter had a secret place of prayer. That he had the courage to step out of the boat and to walk on water. It's because Peter, he recognized this is Jesus. He asked, he asked if it's Jesus walking on water. But if he had a whole lot of doubt in his mind, he wouldn't have stepped out of that boat. He'd spent time with him. He knew him. He had a secret place. Not only did he know him by, by viewing him, but he, he, he recognized the spirit. He recognized in his spirit, this is him. And he stepped out of the boat. And he did something that nobody else besides Jesus could claim to do. He walked on water. Jesus, he can give you confidence to do things that you never thought you would be able to do. But it all comes in the secret place. Can we stand here today? As I said, I'm not preaching for a response here this morning. But I think we would be inept if we did not lift up a hand right now. In fact, if you want to come up to this altar, it's open. You could spend time in His presence. You could spend time in His presence here today. You can spend time right now just getting to know him, getting to know his voice. The greatest thing about the secret place, the greatest thing that you can do is to not just do all the talking, but also spend some time listening. That's where the real change happens is when we stop talking and we start listening. We start hearing from him. We start allowing him to download some things into us. Would you just come right now? Would you just spend some time in prayer? I just want to invite you in Jesus' name to spend time with him.